it is the n365 all hits no misses once again thank you very much for joining me on this episode i'm really thankful i want to point this out this is episode 236 damn when did we think we're going to get to this number it's crazy but we're almost at the target of 365 i don't know what happens i think once we get to 365 i call it a day and then we're done with this podcast and we move on with our lives but but i'm not too sure we'll see we'll see what happens once we get there but today as always i have got you a very very cool guest um you know we try to keep it as authentic as possible and if you've seen her channel you will know she tries to keep it as authentic as possible but we don't forget that we're talking to people at the end of the day and we don't know who's listening but i've got a very cool guest i've got guguletu um guguletu nyatsumba uh she's you've got this way of of saying your name that's almost like it sounds like you're saying it in in french how do you say that yes yeah. Je, je l'ai toi. Je l'ai toi. Yeah. <laughs> no, where, where does that come from? Um, my older siblings used to call me Je l'ai toi around the house. So when I started my YouTube channel and I was working on my intro, it just came out naturally and people liked it. So I stuck with it. Dope, dope, dope. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, before we get into like, the nitty-gritties of the podcast and blah 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 um maybe like tell us a little bit about yourself um your background your upbringing where you're from and if i'm not mistaken you're actually pretty young um, and I was, I was watching your your video with um i think it's neo and and yes. and you kept on speaking that's the one you dropped last week if i'm not mistaken yes yeah and you kept on speaking about how she's 18 and it's kind of sound like you guys are in the same whatsapp group so so I am 23 turning 24. I'm not as young as Neo, but okay. I'd like to think of myself as young. Okay. You know. I mean, <laughs> um, you yeah. Look, you, you look great if that's if that's anything to go by. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm. Um so yeah, I'm Googling Antumba. I was born in Durban, grew up in Johannesburg, and then came to Cape Town for varsity, and I am now back in Johannesburg. I am a full-time YouTuber and content creator. Yeah, I don't know what else to say and I'm the proud owner of a channel called Uncomfortable Growth. Dope. Okay. So, okay, so what, what brought you to Joburg? So, I had decided to take a leave of absence from school and um I honestly felt like Cape Town was stunting my growth, uh, stunting my growth, stunting my growth. <laughs> yeah as a content creator so i thought that joburg might be more fitting because there were more black content creators in the city um as well as saving my parents money honestly rent in cape town is not cheap there's a mm. home there's a bed for me there's a room so yeah i just thought moving to J- joburg made more sense mm-hmm. okay and i mean you know i'm 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 joburg born and raised um family was originally from the northwest but you know we came we we came here uh, seeking greener pastures so i i rep i rep my city very much so i'm i'm very clear that i think joburg is is, is the is the best city um in the country i'm obviously yeah. biased um what do you think I mean a lot of people come here and they like saying that thing of we're all fake and I think that is a, a misnomer. 
Um, it's a bit tricky because my heart really does lie with Cape Town only because I personally have more stuff to do here. Most of my interests are here. Mm-hmm. So I like being outdoors, being by nature, by the ocean. Um, I've become a foodie. I prefer the restaurants here. They have better food than Johannesburg, hands down. But in the same breath, Joburg is nice because I like seeing black faces, black creatives, black rich people. Mm. Um, a space that isn't as racist or outrightly racist. Um, so all in all, I'm going to say Johannesburg because I prefer to live in Joburg. Cape Town is a beautiful place. So we won. We won. That, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yes. Just, choose Johannesburg. <laughs> I so, choose Joburg. So, yeah. so um, when you were studying, what were you studying? Organizational psychology. Interesting. Why? Wait, what is organizational um, psychology? So it is like the bridge between business and psych. So you would go into the fields of HR and PR and maybe marketing if you're stretching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had an interest in both. I liked business. I love psychology. So it was the middle ground. Mm. And then mm. and then you thought, no, no more. Thing. I got to go. Life happened. Life happened. No, I said, sorry, guys. See you guys later. Mm. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and then when did you start with your with your channel? So it's called Uncomfortable Growth, right? Yes. So like what, what possesses you um, to to um, sit down in front of a camera and just start talking? Says the guy who sits down in front of a microphone and just starts talking. Start speaking. Yes. <laughs> um, I had been wanting to start a youtube channel so i thought to do so with my friends but you know the more people you add the more complicated things get um it was was a case of like yeah we'll do it yeah we'll get to it and then i was at the point in my life where i had just taken a leave of absence i had all the time in the world and i was like you know what i'm gonna start it i'll feature my friends but it won't be a collaborative um channel Mm. so yeah i think that's best it is best because i've been on on those ones where uh, i mean these were these were early days back back in Basti. i'm i've been out of Basti for a bit now i'm 27. Mm. so mm. um you know i've been on those ones where they like try to put like maybe like eight people together and then now we must have a conversation on should men pay the bill or something like yeah. that uh, you know and 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 I, and I don't think they i don't think they really work um, because number one, everyone just starts talking on top of each other and blah blah blah. And I think, and I think the beauty of like number one, one-on-one conversations, and also those those solo conversations, those uh, soliloquies, if you will, is that I think you actually get to like dig deep into the into the actual ideas, and you actually get to to properly understand the the nuance and the complexities of it. So, yeah, I, I, I hear that. I hear that. Um, so. Your channel. What 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 do you guys what do you talk about on your channel? What do you talk about on your channel? Rather? My channel has a lot to do with me. So whatever I find interest in, um, I am the tender age of twenty three. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I'm learning and unlearning a lot. I'm trying to navigate life. I'm processing life. Uh, I'm being exposed to different conversations. So anything I find interest in, I have spoken quite a bit about mental health because I am passionate about it and I myself Definitely do suffer you. from mm, I mm-hmm. suffer from anxiety and depression 
So more than anything, I wanted to create a safe space where these kind of conversations weren't shied away from. Um, I thought that if I normalize my story and my journey, other people would find strength in that. So yeah, a bit of everything, man. Like I am 23, so I'm gonna, you know, do some shit. Um, I'm gonna talk some, some shit, but in the same breath, use the platform to explore any thoughts I have mm. with, with my fellow guests. Mm. Mm. It's so. I mean, I've also been um, very, very open about. I mean, my mental health challenges on, on this podcast. Spoken pretty extensively about. I mean, I, I I suffer from depression, and and most recently I realized that oh, also there's anxiety on top of that that I didn't re- really really realize. But mm. something I've been I've been like very afraid of doing is labeling this a mental health podcast because i don't want to number one i don't think i'm qualified to speak on on to be the authoritative authoritative voice on on mental health but number two Mm. and number two i don't want i don't want to box myself into a into into a little corner and then number three it's kind of tiring always talking about mental health i don't know what what do, what do you think um i agree with you 100 percent. one i don't as much as i may speak on mental health my channel isn't one that is solely um revolved around mental health because although you may suffer from mental health you're so much more than that as a person exactly. like i'm not defined by my depression and anxiety so i will not speak about it in every single video mm. also it is extremely tiring and extremely draining and triggering to consistently speak about something you still suffer from um although i may have a better manage on it uh constantly having to open up about past experiences my triggers and whatnot it's it's tiring um mm. and, and and helping people understand their own feelings through analyzing mine is a process in and of itself so i completely get that i think that also people are very weary of saying that they suffer from mental health because of that uh because of the stigma like i don't want to say i suffer from depression uh i don't want to say i suffer from anxiety but for me i'm okay with saying it because i'm so much more than that like i know that doesn't define me yes i suffer from these things but google as a person has so much more to offer than what i suffer from Mm. yeah Uh, you know i mean one thing i've found also and i think like as as much as i'm saying i I don't want to talk about it all the time one thing that 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 helps me and 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 that kind of motivates me is Mm. that people will will tweet me or whatever or dm me or whatsapp me and say um thanks man because of this particular episode now i've started i've started getting getting help or I've, I've 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 learned to understand the complexities of of my own mental health um mm. do you find that like what 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 is the intention when you when, when you speak about your mental health because and obviously i i know this is a long question but um because often i've I felt like um my podcast episodes are like uh, uh therapy sessions in themselves yes and i'm sometimes wary of uh, oversharing on on, on yes. this on this very very public platform so platform. i don't know what's what, what, what's your take on that and, and, and sharing and, and helping people and stuff 
Um, so my objective isn't to help heal how I will create a space where people resonate, honestly. Mm. Um, my channel is an outlet for me. I think that as a person, I had silenced myself for so long. So allowing myself to publicly speak about certain things is just healing of my past in and of itself. Mm. But each recording is very therapeutic. There are times where I know what I'm going to... Most of the times, I know what I'm going to speak about, but I don't necessarily like... There isn't a script of any yeah, sort. Yeah. So I will sit down and as I start to bubble on, I'll realize that, you know what? One, maybe these are things that I needed to say out loud, acknowledge them for myself. Mm. Um, two, I'm letting go of shame and guilt regarding these topics in being able to speak about them. Definitely. But more than anything, quite literally, it's a therapy session. Getting something off of your chest is very helpful and very underrated. So I think just allowing for or giving myself the space to do so is lovely and obviously what's even better is that people resonate to it but never do i create content thinking like i'm going to speak on this because i know people feel that type of way what i record is very exclusive to what it is that i'm feeling in that time or what it is i may be struggling with mm. do you ever feel like you've like you shared too much no, I do think that I have a very good balance. I speak about what I'm comfortable with. So even when I am sitting down and it is somewhat of a therapeutic session and I'm speaking my thoughts on it, I know myself very well in that if I don't want to share it, it will not come out my mouth. I'm also aware that it is not a therapy session in its tradition. I'm not with my therapist. This is me sharing my thoughts with thousands of other people so it is very important that i'm conscious of that so i don't feel like i overshare whatever it is that i've said i'm comfortable with people knowing mm. so and then actually that was also a thought i was having so do you so you do go to um like proper i say proper but like formal um therapy yes. sessions and, no and, i i see a therapist yes and then and then and then how long have you been doing that uh, I've been seeing a therapist on and off since 2017, mm -hmm. uh, but every year since that year. Uh, how it first began was that I saw the therapist towards the end of the year, feel better towards the beginning of the year, stop seeing the therapist, find myself in the same mental space, and then need to now go back and do all of that work again. Mm. So what I've learned to do is have continuous sessions. Even if I'm feeling okay, sometimes it's okay to go to a session and be like, you know what, things are good. Yeah. Um, and speak about the good that's happening in your life. I often think that with therapy, we think that it needs to be something massive or something bad or something to unpack. Um, but yeah, I I touch base all the time. Mm. I think that, 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 that is important. And I try to let people know that because, <clears throat> I mean, for example, I started therapy around, I think, yeah, 2018, and mm. and then I think there was there was there was a a full year I didn't go to therapy, right? And mm. I think that's also like kind of like understanding the journey. It's not linear. It's not. It's, I mean, as as much as we, we're normalizing therapy, which is really really great, you know, the the most disappointing thing for me when I started therapy I was like, okay, give me the answers. Give me the answer. I want to I wanna mm. tell you my problem, then you're going to give me a solution and then I'm going to leave here. And that's okay. that. Right. But that's yeah. that's not the case. That's 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 why I mean, I fully get it when you say it's 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 on and off. Do you ever suffer from like um, therapy fatigue? And when I say therapy, I fatigue, like you're just tired. Say, yeah. You know what? I don't think we speak and uh, speak about enough. 
Mm. Therapy is draining. Yeah, it is. It is tiring. You're speaking about things that you don't want to speak about. Mm. You're speaking about things that you did not know were a problem in your life. And now mm. this person has highlighted it. And you're now pondering upon that. And it, it, it is exhausting. Or even just going into a session, knowing that you're the person carrying the conversation for majority of that hour yeah. is tiring. Acknowledging your feelings is tiring. Allowing yourself to feel your emotions is tiring. Allowing yourself to trust your therapist is an exercise in and of itself that is tiring. Um, yeah, therapy is draining. It's, how, how, it's very draining. How old is your therapist, roughly? Like from? I think she's in her late forties. Oh, okay. My 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 therapist. I think she's in her in her 30s because um i when i mean she's the second one i had and then excuse me and then um i was i was, I was pretty deliberate because i was like look i want someone young and black right so i said look yes. so i called i called um the uh, akeso like yo guys i want a psychologist that's that's young and black and they gave her to me and at first she wasn't great and and, and to be honest she got a way better and she's really good right mm. now but a fear of mine and and i don't know if you've ever thought about this is that because she's she's so young i mean she's in my mind there's no way i even see her touching 40. she's probably like 38 yeah. maximum could even be like 30. i'm yeah. always wondering like um unpacking all of this to her and and mind you we studied at the same university obviously at different times yeah like, what if one day i'm out and then i run into her you know like and now this is yeah. like someone that you've that you've like you've like given so like, so much of yourself mm, you know i don't know do you ever worry about yeah. running do you ever worry about running into your your psychologist in a in a in a social setting um my first psychologist was younger and black and in Joburg, so the likelihood of me bumping into her was obviously higher um and I actually at the time i'd never thought about bumping into her i don't know it just felt like we lived two different lives so i was like i'm not gonna sleep anyway yeah. with my therapist now you know what the possibility especially in cape town the possibilities of bumping into her at a restaurant or um or the shops i mean i do think it's somewhat high but honestly i always have to remind myself that this is her job like she is not in the supermarket looking at me thinking oh i know all of Google's deep dark secrets <laughs> like she knows yeah. of all her clients deep dark secrets it is her job this is what she does by profession she's been trained to do so um, i also think i'm not that special <laughs> also letting that go has allowed me to live more freely because then i feel like you live in fear of seeing this person because you're worried about what it is they think of you you know mm. um so yeah she's a professional and i trust her to be professional at all times whether it is in a session or outside of a session mm. that that's that's dope um mm. so then i mean your channel has 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 blown up quite a bit right um and when you give an audience a very authentic um version of you um, look, I don't know for you, but when I speak into the microphone, I generally forget that <laughs> there's an audience, yes. right? Because yes. I think I think that allows me to be um, as authentic as possible, and it allows me to to express myself freely, right? 
Um, mm. But to the point where sometimes someone will, will like a friend of mine will say, "Oh, you know, on your on your podcast when you said X, Y, and Z, that really resonated with me." I'm like, "Oh shit, you heard that?" Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you have the same thing? So I struggle to watch myself. So there are certain videos that if I let's say I recorded on a Wednesday send it to my videographer and he has it like ready by the following evening or Friday night, the video will be fresh enough in my head for me to not necessarily watch it. Um, Just because I'm also very good at taking one take. So I'm like, you know what? I kind of (laughs) remember, you know, I kind of remember what it is that I said that I will not watch the full video because I just hate watching myself and listening to myself. So there are so many times where people will tweet me or my friends will be like, oh, your friend, it was so brave of you. I'm like, brave? <laughs> brave? <laughs> what did I say that was brave? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even if I am aware of it or if I do watch the full like video to approve of, approve of it, I'm like, girl, you said what? Mm. And that, mm. was, that was okay? So it, all the time. Mm. All the time. So then, so then, so then how do you... Do you manage that? How do you manage? Because um, obviously, like I mean, like you've said, not every episode is about mental health, obviously. But mm. um, like when you are, so so I mean, we, I guess we can we can we can call you hyper visible because um, you, you they you've got how many sub- subscribers now? You've got a, you've got a shitload. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to hit fifty five k. About to hit fifty five k, right? So then, like, do you ever worry about, like, okay, let's say um, 1,000 of those people I know personally, and then there's another 54 that you've never seen them, you wouldn't know them from a bar of soap, like, 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 how how do you deal with, and, and, and I'm, and I'm trying to avoid using the word celebrity because I know it's not necessarily that, but you're Mm. obviously... I mean, in a space where many, many people watch you and many, many people watch you regularly. So like, how mm. do you, how do you deal with that? Honestly, it's an ongoing process. Every day is different. Uh, I think that familiarity breeds a ground for disrespect. 100%. So because people listen to me and they hear me say certain things and they hear me say things that they think are very telling and very deep to me i'm aware that i'm very selective with what it is that i share so i can share my mental health and because you know that part of me you can now think that you know me and that we're friends and that's what i struggle with especially with my mental health journals um i'm sharing what i'm comfortable with and i'm sharing what it is that i want for people to know that does not mean you know me you may know me in that regard also to a certain extent like i'm not going to share my deepest and darkest thoughts on depression and anxiety because those are things that i'm still grappling with myself what i share is what i've healed from and what i'm willing to share um so i think it's it's touch and go i i think also because i have now put myself out there i'm just more i hate to use this word and for lack of a better word i'm more secretive when it comes to my personal life, like the things I get to keep to myself and have for myself, I really, really do cherish. And I think that's what's brought about the balance. It's knowing that 
even if I do say certain things and I release certain videos and there are 55k people watching me, they don't know me and I know that. Um, they can think that they know me, but I have to hold my truth close to me and I know my friends and my close, my loved ones know who I am. Mm. Otherwise, yeah, I, it's, it's, oof, it's very touch and go. Mm. Mm. So, so you, you said you, and, and obviously you'll, um, they'll stop me if, if 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 it's if the questions are too personal right so so then you said you you suffer from depression right yes is, is that the only thing that you you're currently aware of um so i suffer from depression and, and anxiety but i have those two are cousins oh yeah brother and sister the, the brother and sister yeah yes mm. um but I suffer more so from anxiety. So my anxiety will affect me year long, whereas my depression is seasonal depression. Mm. And I almost feel like it's, 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 it's triggered via certain things that happen in my, in my life. Mm. Like I'm fortunate in that normally I don't wake up just not wanting to not be here. Mm. Um, if I am feeling that it is because of circumstance. Mm. So yeah, I am definitely an anxiety baby, a hundred and ten percent. But I have my touches or bounce of anxiety. I mean, of depression. You know, it's interesting, and and, and it's just a thought that I've been having. It's uh, mm. based off an, an, an observation, and, and 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 you can you can you can call me out if you if you think it's wrong. But I've, mm. I've noticed that it's generally women that um, struggle with anxiety mm. and it's generally men that struggle with um depression. depression now i mean i've thought about this quite a bit right in terms of like these mental health problems have different roots right um yeah or everyone's thing has, has, has a different root um um i know i know for a fact like my depression is is majority is is um chemical it's just the, the imbalance on my head there are obviously yes. triggers that can depress me but it's majority yeah. it's majority chemical that's why I'm, I'm on meds and i'm on all of that but i mean i'm i'm seeing the more this conversation is being more normalized i'm seeing a lot of people are are really like struggling with this and then a part of me thinks i mean we can't all have chemical imbalances right <laughs> so mm. it's like what about like society is 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 causing us to to have these feelings of anxiety of depression i know right now it's depressing mm-hmm. it could be it's load shedding tomorrow it's state capture uh, commission of inquiry the next day it's uh, ppe money is getting looted it's this school yeah. has a pit latrine um but i don't know what do you think about that I'll start by saying that I don't know this. I don't know that to be true, and that women suffer from anxiety more and men depression. Yeah. I do think that, and I could be wrong here, but from like it's all growing opinion. up, it's all opinion. We don't care about facts on yeah. this podcast. Okay, <laughs> depression <laughs> in my in my upbringing was like the worst of the worst. Like yes. it was the mental health. Uh, illness that you did not want to have so people would feel more comfortable with speaking about bipolar and anxiety and and whatnot so I do think that might be the case like maybe um, yeah people are opting to say that they suffer from anxiety rather than depression because of 
the stigma that is attached to depression and maybe not feeling comfortable enough to be like i'm sad all the time because that's different i almost feel like with anxiety um even if you don't suffer from anxiety you can you will be anxious in your life you should get anxious in your life i mean that's a it's a very normal human thing to go through yeah but with depression i think it's different because you will be sad in your life but saying you're depressed sad and depressed are two very different things so i think that people may not be or men even may not be as forthcoming to say that they suffer from um anxiety or women saying that they suffer from depression vice versa because of certain stigmas um but then to answer the rest of your question man we were bra- well i was raised to acknowledge my feelings and like i mean in some point of my upbringing there was like a turn on don't hide your emotions and be welcoming to them and process them and i think in processing your feelings you obviously allow for yourself to feel them that much more and when you feel things that you may have been suppressing for a very long time i do think that they have the capabilities to be debilitating and to be overwhelming which may spiral you into a depressive season a depressive episode or an anxiety attack um so i think that's what it is i think the reason that our parents don't speak about anxiety and depression as much is not because they don't suffer from it mm. but because they've had to manage it in their own capacities and not speak about it for such a long time now when you speak also what i've learned through therapy is that i may be okay with saying that i have depression but when i speak about certain things that can dig me down a rabbit hole because mm. i'm speaking about this thing which will lead to that and that and in therapy well the use of therapy is to make you aware of certain things so mm. i'm speaking about something you know in isolation but honestly in reality it normally links to many things and when you start to realize a lot about your upbringing and a lot about your childhood and a lot about yourself it can be depressing mm. um i also think that our parents had made it by the age of 25 or like somewhat more stable than what we are and that has a lot to do that's with the common, the that's economy. a common that's a common thing it's a common meme actually yes. that meme that yes. meme yeah yeah Yeah. And I think I think it's common because it's what we feel every day. Um I think we're raised to want to or we're raised being told to outdo what our parents did for us. So if you are going against that, uh when I look at what I wear, I'm at 23 and when my parents were 23, I will feel behind naturally. Um and again, many different factors, government, economy, um it's unemployment so rates so different. it's 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 just it's it's very very different so yeah i think that there's a lot that we're dealing with and in dealing with it we're also being told to process our feelings and processing your feelings is never pretty processing your feelings means being confrontational with yourself being honest with yourself and unpacking certain things that you may have not thought at the time were that so i think that's why maybe now in our generation anxiety and depression is more prominent i think when we speak about our parents right and I, and I, and i say our parents as 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 a as a very broad term to speak about um black elders black people that experienced their their adolescence and their young adulthood while still within about date right mm-hmm. um i think i think when you look at that that group of people you you can you can see the depression right in the sense that mm. you can you can see that 
a lot of these black men are alcoholics, right? And, yes. and and a lot of them are functional alcoholics. A lot of them are actually, I mean, still able to function within government and parliament. It's the unlucky ones that end up living outside of the tavern. Um, mm. The ones that, that don't have the, the, the financial means to, mm. to, to hide <laughs> that, that, that depression. And, 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 uh, and we also spoke about it. So um, uh, Lindo, my producer, um, for the podcast, actually wrote a piece about it yesterday for, for June 16th, just speaking about um, the psychological effect that that massacre actually had. Because actually a massacre, I never knew that a hun- a, a, more than 170 children were killed, mm. right? That is a traumatic event. Experience, and I think, yes. Yeah, and I think we don't, we don't talk about we don't talk about it enough, maybe because they don't talk about it enough, but we don't talk about yeah. what about date really did to the to the psyche of, of black people, um, black men. Um, I'll say black men only because, I mean, I'm a man uh, and yeah. I don't, I don't want to speak for women, but, uh, you know, as black men perpetually feeling inadequate, most likely only understanding violence as a form of acceptable expression of emotion and then on top of that never having really a father even if you had a father they were not present and i think there's Mm. so many psychological aspects and and i'm and i'm really 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 glad that we are having this conversation right because i think this is one of the first steps to fixing it and like you know when we say men are trash i mean of course we agree right men are trash Mm. Uh, now i think it's more about trying to figure out what makes us trash and what and once we figure that out we can be better you know Mm. i completely agree also with the men are trash statement i always say it's never as like as soon as you say men are trash people be like oh women treat too and women it's like no <laughs> it's not like, about that human, it's not about that human beings are trash we know that we're all capable of doing terrible things mm. but men are trash in that especially in south africa i feel because of the cultures that exist and because of the past of this country um Men have been raised in a certain way. Yes, that is Mm. of the detriment to women. Yes. Um, yes. Culturally, the man is the provider. He's the head of the family. You do not challenge, you listen, you submit. That is what we've been taught. And also as a man, as the head of the family, you do not show emotions. You, no matter what traumatic experiences you are experiencing, especially in the time of apartheid, um, I think that- Just drink and get over it. 100%. 100%. So I think that things like alcohol have become a coping mechanism for many because it was the cheapest coping mechanism that was available. Um, alcohol can be found anywhere. Yeah. It is something you can rely on. For the most part, before COVID, it was always there. <laughs> yeah. So instead of having to speak about, and even speaking about those feelings is such a foreign thing to black men because who is going to... not acknowledged but who is going to create an environment for you one where you feel safe enough to share these things two where what you're speaking about will not be used against you um i often feel like sometimes men feel like i will speak about this and then later it will come out like oh or like that's how i feel 
Yeah. Or yeah. as a family, they may be like, we don't feel that you're strong enough to lead this family because you're emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think it's a very systemic thing. I do think it's heavily buried in African culture, in patriarchy, and the trauma that has happened in this country. Um, so, I mean, not to say I'm sympathetic towards men, because never that, but I mean... <laughs> no, I, but you're, <laughs> you're, you're, but you're I, showing empathy. Not that you're... you're I, I, I honestly, I see it. why South African men have become what they have become. But it's but not an excuse. Yeah, there's a saying that says we're not responsible for the trauma inflicted to us, we're responsible for the healing. 100%. So it's like, okay, cool. It, it, it's, it's terrible that what has happened to black men, to majority of black men in this country, um, has happened, but it also it is your responsibility to know how to channel that and how to heal and become a better person. Mm. So in summary for the listeners, Gugu just said men are not trash. Um, she agrees with... <laughs> men are trash. <laughs> okay and then okay they, they, they're just they're just moving on i mean just, just just going back back to the youtube and all of that mm. um do you because um i know you you said for the longest time you were you were just doing it for fun and i'm assuming you still do it for fun um do you ever feel pressure like number one the pressure of there are so many people watching me do you think about that and then um yeah actually let's talk about that first like do you feel the pressure when when you're doing things like wow here's all the people watching me oh all the time um as much it's also changed my energy towards recording so i feel like before recording was easy like i'd get an idea want to sit down immediately record it now it's a matter of getting an idea and somewhat thinking about the video as much as i may not all write it down, like i may not write the whole like script down um i will think about certain points and what it is that i want to say there's more preparation because there are more people watching me i have become more aware of just the kinds of people watching me in that I never want my space to be a place where I discriminate against anybody or any type of person. Um, the whole point of my channel is for it to be a safe space. So I want it to be as accommodating to as many people as possible. Um, but yeah. I've got a point I, on that. And I want to interrupt you because you say you want it to, to be as accommodating as possible. But at the same time, it's titled Uncomfortable Growth. So how do you how do how do you merge? Because mer- I mean, I try to uh, be as reckless as possible, right? Reckless in that I want to, like we've said, I try to be authentic, and I know in being authentic, I will expose whatever uh, biases I have, and and I know that I might say something that as a, a knee-jerk reaction might offend someone, but like I'm saying, this is 236 episodes deep, so I like mm. to think that my audience has, 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 has developed a, a certain understanding that it's not coming from a, a place of um, bigot, bigotry, right? It's just coming from mm. a place of um, ignorance. Maybe I'm just saying it because yeah. I'm trying to work through it. So how do yeah. you manage that, making it both a an accommodating space, but also staying true to being uncomfortable growth? 
majority of my content or inspiration is drawn from me and my lived experiences so i will often relay certain lessons that i've taught and in doing that i personally think it's very easy to not step on the toes of others also with the platform that i have i feel that i have a responsibility to not be ignorant to mm. educate myself on certain things i Isn't will it? never i will never know everything and yes there will definitely be times where i may um offend certain people and maybe my thoughts or what it is that i'm sharing but it will never be because i you know i'm not calling the lgbtq plus community lgbtq plus um i've decided to term them or coin them a different phrase it will never be because i am not acknowledging of other people's like lived experiences what they choose to call themselves or anything of that sort mm. so i feel like for the most part it's easy to not offend people because you care about the things that are important to you so if you care about other people's lives you will be aware of terms such as to call them do you know what i mean like 100%. if you yeah there will be somewhat of an understanding as to the group that you're speaking about and as my job as a content creator it is my job to make sure that i do not harm other people or make them feel terrible for what it is that they may identify as so i think it's part of the job like that that's quite literally is my job i have a, a youtube channel where i want to be as authentic as possible but in my authenticness i also want to not offend people so that's my homework every single week Mm. I think I, that people think that being authentic sorry I think mm, people think that it. sometimes being authentic means that sitting in front of a camera and just spewing words and being reckless if you're going to be reckless there will be flack for that in some regard yes yeah so, but I mean so, so when I say reckless also I mean maybe just a, a, a disclaimer on my I was side. about to say I don't <laughs> think that you are reckless I, I like the word that, reckless yeah. um Yeah no no I hear what you're saying in terms of recklessness in that sometimes you have to share an unpopular opinion but an incomplete I, thought a thought you're still working through yes and th- and that's fine and that's fair but I also think your integrity and your character as a person speaks for you sure. if if we can hear what it is that you're saying and what it is you mean and we've been listening to you for 200 and plus episodes it's easy to understand when maybe something that you may have said is off but sometimes people are very insincere very ignorant you can tell that someone doesn't want to educate themselves or they don't care about what it is or the group in which they're, they're doing it for clout also yes that's yeah. my problem yeah and yeah. i think it's, it's it's also i mean fundamentally i think it's also your 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 your, your principles that guide you and i think kind of. for for example my principle is as much as i want i want to say things that are maybe a bit controversial the one thing i i don't compromise on is um human dignity right and i think yes. w- once you understand that that every person no matter um no, no, no matter how much you, you don't understand them and no matter mm-hmm. how much you don't understand their views i think as long as you understand and respect that every single human has a fundamental right to human dignity and yes. has, has has a right to life and a right to to live their life the way they choose with the caveat that they're not hurting someone else you know mm. and mm. so 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 that's that's that, that that that's what i what i try to 
what I try to lead with and what I and yeah. I and I think and I think what what I hope what I what I hope from this channel oh, sorry this channel listen to me what I hope from this <laughs> <laughs> what I hope from this podcast is that people uh, learn how to um learn how to engage learn how to engage authentically yes. learn how to yes. also most importantly say oh sorry I was wrong I thought this yes. and I, I was I was very very um clear on that and resolute on that particular opinion but yes. you've actually convinced me that actually I was wrong yes so I think I think that that, that that's very important and I think maybe maybe as, 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 a, as a parting as a parting shot, what do you want people to take away from your channel? Um, I really do want, I aspire for my channel to be a safe space in that um, I'm welcome to almost all kind of conversations. And I am a little bit regulated on YouTube because I'm aware that my audience is somewhat a bit younger, like I have high school kids watching me. Fair so enough. I am like looking to start a podcast where I can speak more openly and truly to my lived experiences and not maybe have to worry about the ears of kids mm. and speak freely. But more than anything, I want for people to know that they're not alone, um, that it is a safe space and that I'm a living testimony. I was in a very dark place once in my life and I never thought that I'd be at the point at which I'm at now. Yeah. So I want for people to be able to hear my story and see me and see my personal growth and be inspired by that and see that it isn't impossible. No matter how far gone you are or how knee deep you are in whatever situation it is, depression, anxiety, if you are wanting to change your situation around, it is more than possible. Beautiful, beautiful. Where can people find you um, on the socials and whatever? Uh, so on YouTube, I am on Uncomfortable Girl. I am on Unmore. on YouTube, <laughs> my channel. <laughs> my channel is called Uncomfortable Growth. On uh, Twitter, I am Gugu Letu, Gugu underscore Letu. And then on Instagram, I'm Gugu Letu and Zumba. Great, great, great. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I obviously have started watching your channel. I hit that subscribe button. Thank um, you. <laughs> so hey, Thank so wherever you listen to podcasts, you must check the anim and you must hit that subscribe button, that Definitely. follow button. You know, uh, you know we out here. You know we out here. <laughs> um, I will definitely do that. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, you know, I mean, like I say, even if if it's only one person that listens and it's one person that that can take away something small, I really do appreciate that. I try to be mm. as honest as possible. I hope you guys um, continue to appreciate that. And um, yeah, thank you, thank you very much for listening. It is the Anum three six five all hits no misses. Thank you very much for listening, man. Mm-hmm.